be seated. We are talking about the cheerful giver. We're in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, and then next week, well, we'll be in Luke 14 with somebody else. But yeah, a week after that, we're going to pick up in Galatians. And the subtitle of this is God Loves a Cheerful Giver, and that is actually 9-7 of our passage today. God Loves a Cheerful Giver. And here we're talking about a cheerful giver, and so we must begin to ask ourselves some questions about cheerful givers and giving in general. So first off, what motivates us to give? What motivates you to give? And be thinking about that as we're going through, and I'm going to discuss uh, some of the motivations that the chapters here give us to give. Um, but let's, let's just think about motivations for giving, and, and they are a plethora, right? Also, I just want to recognize that this is a very sensitive topic. And I may offend somebody here tonight, but that's not my intent. Um, but money seems to be hard to talk about, maybe because we hold it so dear in so many ways. Um, but this is not a thing to shame you or to get you to give more. This is just going over God's word on what it says about giving. The next question we're going to ask ourselves is, can we grow weary in giving? I think the answer to that is probably, yeah, we can grow weary, but why? Why do we grow weary in giving? And then the, the next question, which there will be a lot of debate on this, is how much do we give? How much? 15%, 10%, 2%, 1%, 20%, how much, right? How much do we give? And then the question we need to ask ourselves, do we give in faith? And then the last one is why do we give? Now, if you look at that screen, what do you see? There's three things on that screen, but what do you, uh, three images on that screen. What do you see, Riko? Show me one of those images that you see there. People planting, yeah, yeah, good. Uh, what's another image that's hiding there? Well, not hiding, but is one ancient and one modern? Yeah, the other one is a, plant, a seed planter, so it's two people planting seeds, right? Right? And then it's soil, right? That's a picture I took of uh, out there by uh, Oroville. Uh, the, this corn was just coming up, and it was a good, a good shot. But we have reaping and sowing, don't we? Well, we have sowing at this point. Now, when you reap, how tall is the corn? Is it taller than you, or is it itty-bitty? You ever go in the cornfield and get lost? No? I chased my cat in the cornfield once. That was crazy. All right, so Roman, uh, 2 Corinthians 8.1 is where we started. So uh, Paul says to the Corinthians, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God. Now, this word grace is actually used ten times in chapters 8 and 9 in the Greek, the, the root. Uh, charis is used uh, 10 times. It's pretty a major thing, and Paul uses it in different ways. And so as we go through the translation, it's actually translated uh, like favor, thanksgiving, things like that, okay? But it's 10 times. So this grace of God, and it's the idea of 
God's gift and God's empowerment for us to live. That has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. So they are just giving as they respond to God's grace. For begging us earnestly for the favor or the grace of taking part in the relief of the saints. Here they're meeting a need. And this not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. This is a sequence of giving in joy would be to give oneself first to the Lord and then you're all primed and ready to respond to the will of God. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in all, in all love for you, see that you, act, you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command to, pro to prove, but to prove by earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. This example of Christ giving a gift. So what motivates us to give? What, what is the driving force to our motivation? Well, I'm going to talk a little bit here about healthy motivation. All right, healthy motivation. So here's the deal. Every time I say grace, you guys are going to say something, all right? What do you want to say? You want to just repeat it? You want to just say grace? Can you do that? All right, you see how much you can be paying attention. So healthy motivations for giving is a response to God's grace given. What did God give us? Grace. And what does grace look like? It's a, it's a person. His name starts with a J. Jesus is God's grace given to us. Because what did Jesus do for us? He died on the cross for our sins. That's exactly right, right, girl? Uh, so we respond to that grace given and in the abundance of joy for giving to God. Because God gave to us, we respond in joy and happiness by giving to others, okay? And then the, the, the third reason is a relief of a need. The saints in Jerusalem were very, very poor, and there was a famine going on, and they needed money just to buy food, okay? And so they were giving to a need. Right now in Syria and Turkey, there was that huge, huge earthquake. Remember, that? did you hear about that? Huge, huge earthquake. Uh, 
and there is a huge need there. And people see the need, and they are given to the need. And here Paul is trying to bring unity between the Gentiles and the Jews, and he's like having the Gentiles gather together a gift to give the church in Jerusalem to help with the poor there. And so it's this attitude of giving. So the three, three motivations for giving is a response to God's grace, good job, given, and the second one is an abundance of joy for giving to God, for, for giving to God, and then three, a relief of a need. These are three solid good motivations for giving, okay? Solid ones that result in a cheerful giver. And as we know, God loves a cheerful giver, or God takes pleasure in a cheerful giver, okay? And that might be a better uh, translation there. And in this matter, I give my judgment. This benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also desired to do it. So they started a year ago, and they've been working on it. But maybe they're getting a little tired. Now, concerning the collection of the saints, now we're going to jump to 1 Corinthians 16 to bring in some context here, 1 through 4. Now, this is what he gave them a year ago. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so also are you to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up, as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. So it's already ready to go. And then when I arrive, I will send... Those whom you have accredited by letter to carry, you, carry your gift to Jerusalem. It seems advisable that I should go also, and they will accompany me. Now, jumping back to 2 Corinthians 8, verse 11, it says, So now, finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out, in, out of what you have. You ever started something and got squirreled away on something else? Or just got disinterested, lost the motivation, right? Grown wary in trying to complete the project. I probably have like five or six woodworking <laughs> projects in my garage right now that, that fall underneath that category. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean others should be eased and you burdened for that, uh, for that as a matter of fairness. Your abundance at the present time should supply their needs so that their abundance may supply your need that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over and whoever gathered little had no Lack. I believe, I'm pretty sure this is a quote from Exodus 16. Uh, when they go out and they gather the manna off the ground, and they would only gather what they needed, right? If, and if somebody needed more, they would gather more, right? But you only gathered what they needed. And if you remember to the story, uh, some people gathered more than they needed. 
right? And they put it away in a basket. Anybody uh, remember what happened when they opened the basket the next day to get it out? What happened? It was rotted and there was maggots in there crawling around. <laughs> right? It was supposed to get more of a reaction by the word maggots, but I, d- I didn't work. Maybe it was Paul's words. No, okay. So can we grow weary and well in, in, in giving? Can we? Sure we can. But usually we grow weary in giving when we have wrong motives. Okay? I asked you at the beginning, what are your motives for giving? And I, I gave you three healthy motives for giving. Giving in, giving in response uh, to God's grace. Giving with joy uh, for God, what God has done, right? And then giving, the third one is giving to relieve a need. So here's some wrong motives. We forget God's faithfulness. When they went out there and they gathered up all the manna, right? And they gathered up. They only needed three baskets, but they gathered six. What were they doing? Were they trusting God for his provision for the next day? What were they doing? They were forgetting God's faithfulness. And so when we're giving and we, we forget God's faithfulness, it becomes weary. Does that make sense? All right, and another way that it does is if we give out of guilt. I'm supposed to do this. This is what good Christians do. I want to look good to everybody else, so here's my... The the plate is passing. (laughs) I better not let it pass without putting something in it, you see. We give out of guilt because we think that's what we should do rather than what God has placed in our heart to do. We give to manipulate. We want power. We want uh, persuasion in the church. So we give money and then try to dictate how that money is used and spent. Right? Or we use it to give it to try to manipulate different relationships in the church. Just so you know, I, I have an idea of, I mean, I definitely know like how much is given. But I don't know how much individuals give. Because I don't want them to be able to try to manipulate the situation by saying, oh, that person gives this much, I better not make them mad, right? Not that I'm going around to make people mad. Definitely not my goal. (laughs) We give for accolades. Oh, good job. You're such a good giver. Oh, man. Awesome. I'm going to name a building after you. We give reluctantly. Uh, if I have to, I don't really feel like giving, but I'm going to anyway. These things make you grow wary in giving. And the last one is we give under compulsion. What well, everybody else has pledged to the church for this year, what are you going to pledge? Come on, you got to pledge something. Aren't you invested in your church? That's compulsion, you see persuasion, pressure. None of these things are good motives for giving. And, and I, I hope that the church here as a body gathered together for God's kingdom, for his glory, won't press or cultivate any of these motives for giving. And I pray that if you have these motives, that this is an opportunity for you to check yourself and say, wait, No, I want to give for the right motives, 
I want to give to glorify God. I want to give to to respond to God's love for me, his grace given to me. And in that response, it's a happy thing. It's a joyful thing. It's worship in giving. So 2 Corinthians, we're going to jump to 9.6 because uh, the other passages, his, he's prepping Titus and the, his buddies that are going with him to receive this gift and finalize it. So it doesn't quite fit what we're talking about tonight. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, the point is this. <laughs> Paul's not beating around the point, the bush. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And we got so guys sowing seed up there, and that's why I put those up there, because the analogy is you get out of what you put into it, right? You get out of what you put into it. So if you put in a little, you give a little, you're going to get back a little. You put in a lot, you sow a lot, then you're going to get back a lot. That's the concept. Each one, excuse me, <coughs> each one must give as he has decided in his heart. I'm going to repeat that again. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. How much do you give? What you've decided in your heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And you go, well, Pastor, what about Malachi? Who talks about you're robbing God and you're not bringing your tenth. Well, that is a principle and a concept in the Old Testament that you gave a tithe, which is 10%. But did you know that there is nowhere in the New Testament that that command is repeated? And there's plenty of opportunity for the New Testament writers to repeat that command. Here is really the only thing that says anything about how much we should give. And Paul says... Each person should give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And here at Papa Bible Church, we are not manipulating you to give anything. You give as God directs you to give. And you give in joy in response to God's love for you. Just remember, when you sow lightly, you reap lightly. When you sow deeply, richly, you reap richly. So how much do we give? It's decided by each individual in each of their hearts how much they give. That's what the New Testament rule is. If you want to give 10%, great. And, and, I, and I'm not saying you're wrong in doing that. But if you don't give 10%, Maybe you give 5% because that's where you're at financially. Then, then, okay. Don't give under reluctance or compulsion. Give out of a joyful heart because of what God has done for you, because of God's gift of grace given to you. Respond to that gift. This is how we should give. And I think a lot of time we lose sight of that and we make giving a thing of legalism a thing of this is how much you give if you don't give this much 
or you don't make this pledge, then you don't quite measure up. And some people just are not able financially to give in those abundances. And I would just encourage you first to get what right with God. Just make sure that you are in gratitude and rejoicing in the gift that God has given you. And then in response to God's gift, enjoy, give out of that response. That's what Paul's saying. That's the basis that Paul gives for giving. Giving of one's time, giving of one's money, giving of whatever, that it's done in joy in response to God's gift given to us. So how much do I give? Do I give 10% of my time to the church? Do I, you see? No, each one decides in his heart what he should give. And it's not out of compulsion. It's not because one is pressuring, you got to give, you got to give. How much are you giving? But it's out of gratitude for what God has done, which is a place of joy. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 through 11 says, And God is able, uh, say it with me, God is able, He is able to make grace, the gift, abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God is able to take your little, to take the little bit that you can give, and when you give it not under compulsion, not for the wrong motives, but you give it in response to his love, and you give it with joy because you're happy that he loves you and you want to worship him, he is able to make all grace abound to you. Wow, that is good news. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. He will equip you to give as you lean into your relationship with him. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor his righteousness endures forever. God, who supplies the seeds of the sower and bread for, for the food, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So it's interesting. There is a concept here of giving, giving of oneself, giving of one's monetary value builds and brings growth. Whether you give all of it or you give a little bit, it all brings growth. So do you want to grow? I hope that each one of you in here want to grow in your relationship with God. So begin by responding in gratitude to God's gift of grace and give. And watch him supply the seed to you, the sower, and the bread to you to eat. And to multiply your seed in sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Eleven, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Wow. 
So do we give in faith? Do we give in faith knowing that God will care for us, knowing that God will grow us, that he will bring forth that fruit of righteousness in our hearts? It's not about how much. It's about that you determine in your heart to give to God in response to his love for you, in response to to the death of the cross, that Christ, who was rich, became poor so that he might enrich you with the heavenly blessings. So we give in faith. We give in faith knowing that God will take care of us. And that God will bring forth the walk and the righteousness that he wants. Verse 12, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also the overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. So giving is not just about meeting physical needs. Giving is about many things, overflowing things to God. By their approval of this service, they will what? Glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel. Oh, wow. We give because of the confession of the gospel, because we know Christ died for us, and we respond to that gift of salvation with gratitude, love, and adoration, joy, and giving of our time, giving of our resources to the kingdom of heaven. Confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contrib- contribution for them and for all the others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Giving has an opportunity. Giving of ourselves is an opportunity for God's grace, God's grace to be upon us, to be distribu- uh, de- demonstrated within us, which brings God glory. So we say, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Giving is a response to the gift that God has given us. And we become, or we are the cheerful giver, as we give in response to that gift. How can you not be happy (laughs) that your sins are forgiven, that you have a relationship with Jesus for all eternity, that you get to partake of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and, and share in that unity? Wow! Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And it is out of that gratitude, that joy, that cheerful giver gives, And God takes pleasure, or God loves the cheerful giver. So why do we give? Why do we give? Last question. We give for the glory of God. We give for the glory of God, to God that God may be magnified, that God would be glorified. Our motives for giving is, is one, to respond to the gift given. Two, with joy, 
because of the gift given. And three, to meet a need. To meet a need in the body, to meet, to meet a need in the facility, to meet a need in the community. And it's all for God's glory. That's why we give. And sometimes we lose sight of that. Sometimes we don't even think about it. But we give for those reasons, and that is how giving is an act of worship. I just want to ask you again to think about this. What motivates you to give? We went through good motives. We went through bad motives. My prayer for you today is that your motivation to give would be one of response to God's gift to you with joy and gratitude. Take a little summary sentence of the whole sermon. If you write this down, you really got it all. May God's grace motivate us to give for God's glory with joy the amount each decides in faith knowing the Lord will provide. May God's grace motivate us to give for God's glory with joy the amount each decides in faith, knowing the Lord will provide. Seed to the sower, food for the hungry. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to respond to your gift of grace with giving of ourselves and giving of our resources to you for your kingdom. And I pray that you'd help each of us to have oh, a smile plastered on our face, a, a skip in our step as we get to participate in what you're doing and respond with grace and joy because of what you're you've done because of your gift of grace we thank you for that and lord there's so many needs and we know that you are going to meet the needs because you are a god that comes in in abundance when we lean into you and we pray that each one of us would lead into you into your gift that you've given us we ask this in jesus name amen